Let's try having the mic volume on. Is that better? <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. Glad I caught that little error early. I had turned my mic volume all the way off a little earlier today for, for something else. It's <laughs> doing my normal happy intro, and then I realized, wait, no one can hear me. Anyway, welcome, everybody. Glad you could join us. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, almost every Wednesday. We didn't do it last week because it was so close to Thanksgiving. Everything was crazy, um, and I know folks were traveling for the holidays and all that, and um, but I think that's the first time we haven't done a live stream in like a year or something on the, on the normal day. So, um, almost every Wednesday, 7 PM mountain time, that would be nine Eastern for those who don't know where the mountains are. Hope everyone's doing well tonight. Um, I'm going to do my normal shipment report, tell you guys how shipping live fish went this week. If there were any losses or problems, I'll let you know how all that went and then give you an update on the import that's coming this week. And then I'll get right to your questions and comments. We should actually have a good amount of time tonight for questions and comments. And we have a cool giveaway. I just got a message from Kayla's Aquatics that um, Kayla's Aquatics is going to add to the giveaway. So I'll tell you all about that. Let's start with the shipment report. I'm happy to tell you that since last time we spoke, we've had no losses. So as far as has been reported to me by my customers, uh, none of the fish that were sent out since I last saw you have had any problems. Now, oh, it's been two weeks. I wasn't thinking about that since we missed the live stream last week. I think that's still true. I think in the last two weeks since I saw you, there haven't been any problems. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, if you're watching and you're like, nope, I had a problem, and uh, just remind me. I'm, I can't remember the previous week all that clearly, but I think that's true. So it's going pretty well. Um, winter's upon us. It's really cold, but we have really good insulation in our boxes. We have plenty of heat packs that last long term. And we have overnight shipping. So, so far, it's all going well. In fact, people are telling me that their boxes are coming in generally in the 70s. So temperature wise, even though it's cold outside, the boxes are arriving at a good temperature. So all is hunky dory, as David Bowie would say, um, with the fish shipping, even in the cold of winter. Now, I do really appreciate you guys letting me know um, if they do come in cold. There was one box that arrived in the upper 60s, I think. So it was like 69, 68 degrees, something like that, which is a little colder than we want. We want the 70s, but anything from 65 degrees up through the 70s is generally okay. If it comes in below 65 degrees, then, then I get kind of worried. And um, if that happens to a lot of people, then I'll know I need to change some things on the heat pack side. But so far, so good. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving um, or whatever you celebrate, wherever you are. Glad to be back. Now on the um, import, I'll cover that and then we'll go to the giveaway and questions and comments. The import um, is arriving Friday. There's been a, a delay. So I have to, I actually have to drive down to Colorado and pick it up. So um, it's going to be just a quick trip to the airport, 
grab it and head right back, so I, I won't have time to see anyone. I wish I could, Priscilla and Mikey Trevor and the rest of the folks, Greg Sage, the rest of the folks in Colorado, I wish I could stop, but this is a last minute thing. I didn't expect to have to do this. Um, usually I can get them sent straight to me here, but since there's been a delay, the, the, the flight that the cargo was booked on, that the fish were booked on, it would have all worked out well, but that flight was delayed. Instead of arriving early afternoon, it's now going to arrive like 11.30 p.m. And so that's much too late to get it sent to me because FedEx and UPS will be closed at that time. So instead, I'm going to have them picked up, uh, water changed and sent right to Denver. And so I'll pick them up um, early Friday morning in Denver and drive straight here and get them un boxed and taken care of. If I don't, then the earliest they could arrive is Saturday, and that's an extra day in the box for them, which is not good. Plus, if there's a delay, then I won't get them till Monday, which would add two more days to their travel. So I really don't, for the good of the fish, I don't have much choice but to take a road trip. So I'll get some books on tape downloaded, get some podcasts downloaded, and head off um, and get that taken care of. So that's what's going on with the import. It is arriving. There are some amazing fish coming in the import. I'm pretty excited about it. For those that are wondering, there were no Shodeni puffers available. That's the Congo spotted puffers. So unfortunately, I could not get them. And what's the other one everyone has been asking for? Um, I can't remember. There was another one <laughs> that everybody has been wanting and I've been trying to get back in stock that I that they were out of as well. Oh, Corridor's Equus. So the breeder's out of the Shodenis and the Corridor's Equus. So unfortunately, I won't be getting any of those in, but lots of other cool stuff. And I'll go over all that probably next week during that live stream. Um, as far as the giveaway, so there's two giveaways, three actually tonight. It's going to be like a giveaway bonus night. So Take a moment, share, tell your friends once you know what the giveaways are. They're pretty exciting. The first one is for some pea puffers. So we all know and love this little fish. Um, cute little guys. However, even though they're cute, they're little hate machines. So cute little hate machines get about an inch or so. So they really are a dwarf puffer. Um, and I personally would not keep any other fish with these guys. You could, it's up to you, but if you do have a plan B, anything that's, anything that they can nip at, they will. So anything kind of slow moving or sedentary, they'll nip at. They might not nip so badly at like, I don't know, Danios or, or small, fast moving fish, but if they get a chance, they will. And the problem with putting them with fast moving fish is that the pea puffers themselves can get out competed for food. So my recommendation is if you would like to win the giveaway that you have a tank for the pea puffers on their own. Now, I'll send you up to six of them. I can send you one, two, three, four, five, or six. It just depends on the size tank you have. So if you, if you want these guys, be aware that right now they're just eating live and frozen foods. They will transition to flakes and pellets and viber bites and stuff um, pretty quickly, pretty easily. But um, I've just, I have, 
a massive scud farm. And so I've been feeding them that and frozen mice and bloodworms and things like that. They much prefer frozen and live. Even if you're going to feed them uh, prepared foods, by which I mean processed foods like pellets and, and flakes and fiber bites and all that, um, I, th- I feel like the majority of their diet or every other feeding or something should be live or frozen because in the wild, they're a molluscivore. So they're out there searching for little snails, little shrimps. These are pretty high protein foods, right? And they're, they're pretty specific in their diet as far as that. So um, just keep that in mind. So I would recommend a tank for them by themselves, live and frozen foods, meaty protein rich foods, at least half the diet. You can supplement with some processed foods, but And then the other thing is, if you do keep them all together in a tank, then a lot of line of sight blocks have lots of plants, have lots of caves, have lots of stuff. They're very interactive, exploratory fish. So they're going to need stuff to stimulate their minds. Um, Lots of decorations, plants, things to explore, nooks and crannies, stuff like that Um, will really help them and help them get along as well. They can be aggressive to each other, although in my experience, if you have six together, you're probably going to be okay. That's probably a big enough group to spread aggression. If you only have two, you're going to have a problem if they're in the same tank. If you only have three, you might have a problem. So I would suggest either get one or, you know, five or six. Um, They don't need a ton of room. I personally think you could get six of them in a 20 gallon without any problem. You might even be able to get six of them in a 10 gallon if you have lots of plants and, and stuff like that. Each tank's different. But um, so that's kind of the caveats. So if you want to enter tonight, pea puffers are amazing, but they're not for everybody because they need their own tank, I think, or at least a plan B in case it doesn't go well. <laughs> um, they can be aggressive with each other. So you need to have enough space for all of them that's set up adequately and they need high protein foods. So with that in mind, if you would like to win pea puffers, and the reason I posted them is I have a big group of them and they're amazing. They came in strong and healthy and fat. A lot of times when you get pea puffers in, they come in emaciated and wormy and skinny and and half of them are about to to croak and you have to nurse them back with kid gloves for several weeks before they're ready to sell. These have been bulky and fat and sassy since day one. Really, really quality batch. And I have a ton of them. And they're one of the fish I get asked the most about. When are you going to have pea puffers? I want pea puffers. Everybody seems to really like them. So I thought it would be a fun giveaway. So with that, also they don't take so much room I think if you're going to get a puffer, most people could keep a pea puffer. They don't take a massive tank. They don't have so much of a problem with their beak overgrowing and needing to be trimmed and stuff like that. So if you'd like to win that, the hashtag for that is hashtag so cute, S-O-C-U-T-E, to enter to win up to six pea puffers. And if you do win, just tell me in an email when you email me if you're the winner. Um, I want one because maybe you only have a a little tank and you don't want to risk aggression or stuff or no, I want six or I want three and I'll spread them out or whatever, whatever, anywhere from one to six, right? I'll let you decide how many I send you. So anyway, that's the, um, the fish rock and fish. Good to see you here. Um, I got your email 
And then I got the notice today that the flight was delayed. So I've been scrambling all day to get the, the shipment done to to find a van I can drive to the airport to pick up the fish, to find a place to stay and arrange the trip and all that. So um, everybody that's trying to get a hold of me, I'm in crunch time right now with this kind of last minute trip to the airport I have to take. And so I'm, it's going to be probably a couple days before I can get back to you. Um, if you ordered, I'll make sure I get back tonight. I always take care of the orders. But everyone else, if it's not like urgent or something, it'll, it'll be a little while. Give me a little little lead time. But um, Rock and Fish, I, I, I read it. Um, I'm seriously considering some of the ideas you've mentioned. I think they're good. Um, and yeah, just thanks for looking out for me and for, uh, for all the suggestions and participation. I appreciate you. Um, okay. <clears throat> We're at a hundred and oh, 193. That's not bad. People must lack their pee puffers. The second giveaway that we'll do tonight, and it's not, I didn't put it in the thumbnail or anything because, um, I just found out about it is from Kayla's Aquatics. Um, Kayla's Aquatics, before I, I mention it, I, I just saw your message like a couple minutes before we went live here. Would you just um, confirm that you want to do that tonight or I think it was for tonight. Would you just confirm that that's the case? Um, in which case, I'll, I'll go ahead and announce it. If you meant it for next week, then um, then I'll hold off till then. But I, th I think you wanted it to be tonight. Um, so just let me know, Bob, and I'll proceed thus. Yeah, that's how I'll handle that. Um, and, and thanks, whether it's tonight or next week or whatever, I, I think it's awesome that you're doing that. Okay, let's see here. With that, I think it is time to get to questions and comments. Um, not a whole lot to update with on the warehouse build. I've been running, I made a little video, I've been running a, um, a test on a filter system. So, so before I spend, you know, six figures on a, a massive filter system for the warehouse, I've been testing a little miniature filter system to make sure it'll work. And, um, yep, just running that. Wait, I see, I see Bob in the chat. Wait, did I miss something? <laughs> Hang on, Bob. Did I, did I miss something? Oh, Bob already did the giveaway. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, Bob. I Hang on. Let me, I should. Oh, I'm, I get it. Bob did a giveaway on his live stream. I'm sorry, Bob. I got it. I got it. I should, yeah, I just glanced at that, um, right. I saw it like right as I was going live. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. I totally misunderstood that. Just the peep overs tonight. And Bob, I'm so sorry. Kids Aquatics, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm glad I scrolled up to see that. Sorry, I misunderstood the message. Uh, that's on me. I didn't read it really carefully. I just glanced at it right as we were going live and I was like, oh, cool. And then, yeah, I should have read it carefully. Okay. Let's get to questions and comments. Um, and yeah, then we'll do the giveaway a little later tonight for the pea puffers. Oh, got it. Bob's telling me not doing the giveaway here. That was one that he already did tonight. Got it. Got it. Peeps lost sheep. 
So not with shrimp? Oh yeah, don't put pea puffers with shrimp. Well, you could. I mean, the pea puffers would love you if you did, but the shrimp wouldn't last a day. They love, they love scuds. They love snails. Um, if you have snails that are have really hard shells, just you can you can squish them a bit before you feed them, and they'll pick at that. They, they love all that stuff, so they'll absolutely decimate shrimp and things like that. Orange cones. Love that you care enough for a road trip to get the fish in quicker and safer. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's worth it because an extra day in the bag on an import order where they're kind of packing a lot of fish in one bag, that can be a big problem. So I, I kind of don't have much of a choice. Um, yeah. Wait, I want to read this. Uh, someone's talking about the pea puffers, mainly betas. I've always wanted peas, but I've had horrible success with figure eights. Oh, yeah. Of of course you have. So I stayed away from peas. Can't stand losing fish. Yeah, figure eights are another matter altogether. Um, in my experience, figure eights are really aggressive, often come in in really bad shape. And um, yeah, they want a brackish too. So there's definitely some special issues with those. There's Bob correcting me again. Yep, sorry, Bob. I'm so sorry, Bob. I. I probably just made your blood pressure spike. I apologize. It wasn't on purpose. JP throwing down $2 and that's it. Didn't want anything. Just throwing money at me. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. JP fish tank barn throwing down $5 Denver gas money. I appreciate that too. Yep. Thanks so much for the super chats. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. Rock and fish, are the tiger gobies eating frozen foods yet or just live foods? So they're they're eating frozen foods, um, but not with like vigor. <laughs> they're mostly eating eating live foods, but they will come out and eat frozen foods. They prefer live food. Um, and I kind of spoil them. I have plenty of live food, so they do get a lot of it. But they eat the frozen food and in short order, if that's all that you fed them, they, they would eat it enthusiastically so i don't think that's a problem they do have small mouths though so don't feed them anything too big that kind of mini blood worms is about as big as they can take not not a big maw on those guys there's candy telling me bob already did the giveaway and that i misunderstood yep everyone's trying to let me know sorry guys <laughs> yep <laughs> there's punchy paints doing her best to keep me on track <laughs> um, orange cones hope the trip will be a safe one for you and our finny friends me too me me too for sure i mean it should be luckily the roads aren't too bad right now i checked and it looks like we're gonna be in the 50s tomorrow we'll be in in the 20s tonight but it'll get up to the 50s right about um tomorrow so the roads shouldn't be icy um they should be dry We'll see. Hopefully no storm blows over. That's the problem. If the storm blows over and it's 50 degrees and then it freezes at night and you're out there at night trying to drive, it can be it can be pretty slippery for sure. Troy VSC, what are the orange and red fish behind you? Those are um, Denison barbs or Roseline barbs are the two most common names, I believe, but they are the golden variety. So they have reduced uh, brown mostly gold and orange. 
Did I just see Skipper's Aquariums? I think I did. Yeah, Skipper's Aquariums. Hey, good to see you. Glad you could make it. All right, Alicia and AS, how long is the round trip to Denver? Um, let's see here. So it's a so I'm going to the airport. So that's about seven hours each way um, on the drive itself, and then it'll take it, it'll probably take two three hours at the airport. So what's that? Fourteen hours. 16, 17 hours round trip, roughly, is my guess. Skipper is recording, so make sure you type in at Dan's Fish so he can see it. Yes, that is always very helpful. Helps him get to your questions and comments in a, I would say, timely manner, but we all know that's not going to happen. <laughs> in a manner. <laughs> An untimely manner. Sam Darling, just wanted to say thanks for everyone. For the shrimp suggestions last time, I have 15 blue diamond neocaridina arriving tomorrow. Well, Sam, I hope they do well for you and enjoy. Shrimp are a ton of fun. I, I hope you have a, a well-seasoned tank for them that's full of like a lot of surface area and stuff for them to graze. In my experience, that's the difference between uh, having success or not. But if it's, if it's a tank that's been set up and it's mature, and there's a lot of stuff in there for them to graze on and things. Um, that's when I have luck. I see people that set up tanks for shrimp and, and put the shrimp in immediately and seem to have success. Um, from what I see on YouTube anyway, they seem to go okay, but I've never been successful long-term that way. For me, it's always got to be a, a really well matured tank for it to work. I think they just need enough stuff to graze on between feedings and i don't think they get enough of that unless the tank is nice and mature so that's just my my two cents my thoughts that pop in my head for anyone getting shrimp for the first time so hope they do well for you t-shot will a juvenile male orange flash a pisto breed with his mother oh sure weird question to ask but i know siblings can breed so hope all is well dan all is well except for me screwing up about uh, Killer's Aquatics giveaway, misunderstanding that, which I feel really bad about, Bob. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to add stress to your life. But, okay. Okay, that's gone now. So, um, yeah, fish don't, don't uh, understand the issues of incest, and they'll breed with anyone of the opposite sex. Now, it's not guaranteed they'll breed. Sometimes you want them to breed, and they won't, but... Uh, for sure, they'll breed with parents, with siblings, with with anything. Duck's dad, I have a scud tank, but the population seems stagnant. Any ideas on what's going on? I know you're the scud king. <laughs> now that's a moniker to strive for. I could have been the shrimp king, but instead I became the scud king. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I guess there's a couple obvious limiting factors, which would be the amount of food, right? That's a big one. So it could be they're running out of food. could be they're running out of some other nutrient, like, they, like some calcium or something in the tank. Something is limiting their growth. Um, 
I guess I would start with checking parameters and seeing if if those are okay. Is the hardness okay or is the water gone soft on you? Um, and for me, the main limiting factor, if all the parameters are okay, would be food. Oh, well, I guess there's one more, which is they need a ton of surface area. So a lot of, what would that be? So like if you took a chorus sponge, a really coarse open cell sponge, like like a pro sponge filter, that kind of thing, or matten filter, um, not matten filter, a metallomat, something like that, and put it in the tank, that's so much surface area that they would all have somewhere to cling and, and feel kind of comfortable and be able to hang out. So lack of food, lack of a place to stay, I guess, lack of surface area would be my guesses as to what would limit them. Um, one thing that I found really works, and I know this isn't going to work for most people, but if you like half the tank in my scud cultures is just Java moss. And that's great for them. It's a ton of surface area between feedings. They graze on it. If I don't take it out, they'll eventually eat it down to a nub. But um, as long as I have a bunch of Java moss in there, then they seem to do really well and the populations explode. If I take it out, then the populations kind of stabilize. And I think it's because of a, a constant food supply is what the Java moss is. So between feedings, they've got stuff to eat. And B, it, there's so much surface area with that much Java moss that there's always somewhere for them to, to go swim to and hang out, right? There's plenty of space. And space isn't like, when we think of fish, usually we think of space as like how long the tank is, how much free swimming area there is usually but with scuds it's not that it's surface area something to grab onto mainly better sorry i missed shipping explanation super cold here in maine for rest of the season still okay to ship to maine this time of year yeah yep um i have with overnight and the insulation we have and the heat packs and stuff um i don't think there's any weather i've encountered that i wouldn't be comfortable shipping to because of cold now if it's more than that, if it's not just cold, but it's also like there's an ice storm or there's a blizzard or something like that that's going to delay the shipment, then that's a problem. So let me know if you're in an area and there's going to be some kind of weather event that could delay the shipping. But just cold itself is probably not going to delay the shipping unless it's mixed with ice or snow or something like that. So, yep. Generally good to go with with the shipping. Kelly Foreman, hi. Do you ever get green neons in? I I don't, Kelly. Um, and I don't have any plans to either. They're just uh, they're available enough other places, and the price point on them is low enough that it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to to bring them in. Isaac Cornstubble, my epistos spawned two weeks ago on accident, and so far they are doing fantastic. Cool. Also ordering Philippine Blue Angels from Fishboy. Do you think six is a good number for possible pairs? Yeah, six is the minimum I would do if I'm trying to raise up and get a pair. Because you're, you're not guaranteed, but the odds are definitely in your favor if you start with six. Uh, the odds of you not ending up with at least one pair are very low. So six is, is pretty good. Um, I forgot. I knew that statistic once, like what the actual, 
odds were, what was the percentage likelihood you would end up with a pair? And I forget what it is, but it, it was pretty darn high with six. Of course, now that I said that, <laughs> you'll be the exception and not get a pair. <laughs> Didn't mean to jinx it. Sorry. Zelf. Is it Ernide? I'm going to go with that. Ernide. Do I need an import permit for you to ship to Hawaii? Yes. Um, I need a state of Hawaii permit. And it's also on you to make sure that whatever you're ordering is legal in your state. So um, Hawaii has different regulations. Each state has different regulations. I can't keep up with all of them. So just make sure that whatever you order is legal. If it's sent to you and it's confiscated by Fish and Game um, or whatever the organization in Hawaii is that takes care of that, then, uh, then, then that's on the buyer. So uh, just double check the list and make sure that they're okay to ship. And then just email me a copy of your import permit and I'm happy to send to Hawaii. It does cost about twice as much to send to Hawaii though. So if the charge for shipping is $30, um, be prepared to pay 60. So just know that it does cost quite a bit more, but I'm happy to do it. I've shipped plenty of fish to Hawaii and I've only had a problem once. Usually it goes just fine. Orange cones. It's funny to watch pea puffers attack a snail much larger than themselves. Yep, yep, yep. Knock off of a plant, follow it down to the substrate, and grab the meat of the snail and thrash it like a dog with a bone. Yeah, they're so cute. Well, I guess the snail doesn't think so, but pea puffers are a ton of fun. Very, very cute fish. Alicia Nay, yes. Wow, quite a long day. How many boxes? Um, eight or nine. So I think it's going to be... These are going to be eight and a half, so nine boxes. One just half filled, which I hate because then I pay shipping on a half filled box. But sometimes that's the way it happens. <laughs> so it's a, it's a couple thousand, what, 3,000, 4,000 fish, something like that. Um, it's really cool ones, though. Really cool ones. All right. Yeah, I can't wait to share with you the list. There's some fish on there that I've been trying to get <clears throat> for a super long time. They finally, you know, you order them and they don't show up and you order them and they don't show up and you order them and they get shorted. And then sometimes you order them and they actually make it onto the order. So I'm excited about that. Sorry guys, chat jumped on me. So I'm just scrolling to try to find it. There it is. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Von Inzer? Von Yinzer? That's more fun to say. I'm going to go with Von Yinzer. Where does one find the Golden Denison Barb available online? Well, I was hoping to have some available, but that's one that I ordered and did get shorted this import. So, unfortunately, I don't have any more available, and I haven't had, I haven't been uh, searching the online stores. Yeah, at all for several weeks. I just don't know what's out there. But um, I, I bet if you got online, you might be able to find some. Wet Spot Aquatics might have some. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I have not looked in a long time. 
And I'm sorry, I really wanted to bring in a group and I, I tried, but they got shorted. So the breeder's just low on those at this time. They're not one that, uh, they're still new enough that they're not super common yet. So they can be a little hard to find. <clears throat> Peeps lost sheep. Can scuds and blackworms be propagated in the same tank? They can, but you'll find your blackworms don't propagate that quickly. In my experience, every time I've tried to do that is that after a while, the scuds eventually just outcompete the blackworms. So you can keep them for some time together and you'll get minimum propagation from the blackworms for a while until they just get overwhelmed and, and you can hardly find them anymore. So that's been what happens in my tanks when I try them both together. Orange cones. You should get some giant hair grass for that tank behind you. Make a mohawk. Yeah, we're there. We are. Got our. We're, what is that hairstyle? What would that be called? <laughs> it's not quite an afro. It's not a beehive. I don't know that big green <laughs> pogostemus salatus octopus mat behind me. I need to trim that so bad. I've been wanting to do it for weeks. Just haven't had the time. Jackson Tax. Jackson Tax. My LeMay rice fish are doing so well. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad to hear it, Jackson Tax. And hopefully they, I mean, they're, they're still, uh, I think they've still got a little growing to do, but hopefully they're coloring up for you and giving you eggs and being rice fish. I'm glad you like them. Yeah. I especially like the orange ones I got this time. Well, the whites are my favorite. The Miyuki whites are my favorite. They're absolutely stunning. Um, the orange LeMay, pretty good too. Those are my two favorite of what I have right now. The, I mean, the orange LeMay, when you get close, look really good. The Miyuki white from far away glow and look really good. So I guess it just depends on where you're viewing them from, um, how how far away you're looking at them from as to which is my favorite. Isaac Corstubble, well, it was good while it lasted. You win some, you lose some. Are you talking about my screw up with, uh, with the giveaway tonight? Yeah. For those wondering what the giveaway tonight is, it's for some pea puffers. I'll ship you up to six. Um, if you missed the intro about pea puffers at the beginning, uh, when this is done, just rewatch the very beginning because pea puffers are a little specialized. They're not difficult. Of all the puffers, they're probably the easiest. But um, but they do have some special care needs and don't want you to, to get them and then be like, oh, I didn't know they needed this and that and the other thing. I can't do that. So... So before I ship them to you, um, you know, just be aware of their requirements so you don't end up with the fish you can't actually take care of. But for almost everyone, I think pea puffers will do well if you have a tank that um, you can put them in that's, you know, a species only tank for them, then I think they'll pretty much always do well. Don't need a lot of space, but don't necessarily play nice with other fish. All right, I'm scrolling because chat jumped again. Man, I thought I was keeping up. Eh, it'll never happen. There we go. There we go. Okay. Gold Nugget Pleco Tetra. <laughs> Are orange rice fish okay with blue dream shrimp? Same question, but about pseudomugil rainbows. Um, technically, pseudomugil blue eyes. But yes, um, in my experience, uh, pseudomugils and rice fish will do just fine 
with shrimp. There's always a caveat though to keeping any fish with shrimp, which is that during the molt, the shrimp is vulnerable and might get eaten. And shrimp lits, little baby shrimp, are often eaten even by small, peaceful little fish. So if you just want to keep some adult shrimp with your fish, I think they would be okay. Have somewhere for them to go during the molt to be protected, uh, a big thicket of plants, um, some driftwood they can get under, um, if you're LRB, some, some rock piles, you know, something. And if you want baby shrimp to propagate, they can, just the more nooks and crannies and, and spaces for them to hide and be protected, the better. A lot of them will get eaten, but if you have enough plants or enough cover in there of some sort, then some of the shrimplets will grow up generally in that tank. HC Aqua says, I don't have all the cool stuff like Dan. That's not true. HC Aqua has some very cool stuff. Um, here, he had Chinoides pears. Hang on, let's look at here. I think he had, what else did you have? Some rice fish. Let's look at HC Aqua's store here real quick. By the way, in all the time HC Aqua has had a store and get gills, I don't think I've ever had a single complaint. Does, does good business, has good stuff. Look at this rating. Yeah, this is, look at these ratings. Five, 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 five. Yeah, no complaints ever that I can recall from anyone buying from HC Aqua. But those are pretty good. Albino angelfish, that's awesome. Those are Altum Cross. Huh, I'm not familiar with that one, but that looks interesting. Some rice fish. Oh, yeah. So here's the one that I don't have that he has that I think is cooler than anything I have as far as pseudomugils go. Here's the cyanodorsalis, a bucketless fish for a lot of people. Pretty awesome. Um, but they need some salt in the water, which is the reason I haven't bit the bolt to, to get them. Anyway... I think HC Aqua has some pretty cool stuff. I think that's the one I was thinking of, that's, that uh, Pseudomugil cyanodorsalis, one that I've always liked a ton and have never, never kept just because there's a little work to keeping the brackish water up that I don't want to deal with right now. But one day, I hope to get those. New Mexico Aquatics. Hey, little Bobby, hope you're doing good. Can Fundalopanchax gardneri, male or males, hurt the female or vice versa? How aggressive can they be? Yes, they can. Um, and it, it's usually the male that wants to spawn with the female all the time and stresses her out. And sometimes if that stress is prolonged, she'll die. Often you'll keep a male and a female together long term and never have a problem, but it can happen. And it can be vice versa, too. You can get some females that can dominate males. Usually it's males dominating females. The cure for this is to keep them in groups. If you have one male and three, four females... All that aggression spread around. It's not even so much aggression. It is a little bit, but it's more like attention, like constant attention. Um, and they will display and stuff. And if the female doesn't want to breed, they will eventually get frustrated and lash out at her. So um, more females than males is good or a group. You could have like six males and six females and they'll all keep each other occupied. So I personally think most killifish do better in a group setting. Now, so here's what's going on in the wild is the males are all claiming little spawning territories, right? 
and they're defending them against other males. So their, their energy, their aggression and stuff is focused on other males. Stay away. This is my spot. And the females are free to swim around and kind of pick the male. The males are brightly colored. They're displaying all the time. They can coax the female to their spawning site, right? Um, in the aquarium, that behavior can get tweaked a little bit because if the male is sitting there displaying and displaying and the female never comes, he can get frustrated and, and lash out at her, like I said. Or he's used to having other males to beat up on and kind of keep away from his little territory. And if those aren't around, maybe he takes that pent up aggression out on her. But it doesn't always happen. Oftentimes, killifish can be kept together long term without problems. But I've seen it happen for sure. And it's not all the time, but it's not super rare either. If you only have a pair and you can't separate them, then what I would suggest is, is lots of cover, um, lots of line of sight blocks, spawning mops, plants, something. So they all can kind of have their own little area and they aren't always seeing each other. They get a break from each other a bit. The lone aquarist. Can you describe the filter system you will be testing out? Yes. In fact, if you give me half a second here, I can show it to you. Okay. It's in an email. Um, I just got a new copy of it from the engineer. I believe, when was that? This morning? Yeah. Okay. Let me load this real quick and then I can show this to you. Okay. Well, there's one more document I'll need to show you to have this make sense as well. Just one moment, folks. It'll be worth it in the end, I hope. Okay, almost there. Just opening this. All right, let me get this here. I got to size this so it shows up okay for you guys. Just take me a sec. So I've got that there and that there. Okay, I think this will work. So here's the basic ground plan of the building. Okay, here's a loading door, um, a people door, which will probably actually move over here. These are all rows of fish tanks. These are workstations, desks, rows of fish tanks, a restroom. So that's the basic outline of the building. The filter system is kind of going to go here in this corner. So let me show you that. So here's the filter system. So water is pumped um, from the creek into these bag filters. These remove sediment. From there, it goes into carbon filters to remove any, uh, you know, chemical pollutants. From there, it goes into an economizer, which is a heat exchanger to heat the incoming water, which will be pretty cold during a lot of the year. Right now, the water temperature out there is about 32 degrees. It's covered with ice, so it's pretty cold. From the economizer, it goes through a UV light to sterilize, and then it goes to a boiler from the boiler, it goes to a mixing valve and, and gets the right temperature to go out to the aquariums. So that's the filter system. Then the water, once it leaves the aquariums, comes 
into a different UV light to sterilize it before that warm water that's leaving the aquariums goes to the economizer to mix with the incoming cold water and exchange the heat out of it. Um, and from there, it goes back to the creek. So that's the basic plan. Sediment filtration, uh, chemical filtration, sterilization, and heating is what we're trying to do. So we're basically building a water treatment plant um, to treat creek water and make it so that we're not introducing any diseases or pollutants from the creek into the aquariums. And then we're sterilizing the water once it leaves the aquariums before it goes back to the creek. That's what we're doing. Of, I, on the second attempt, Von, oh, now I can't say it again, Von Inzer. Von Yinzer, Von Yinzer, Von Yinzer. I'm never going to remember that, but uh, okay. So it's Von Yinzer, not Von, not the other one. Got it. <laughs> it's a funny username. Orange cones make a perpetual snail population for pea puffers. Small container made from plastic mesh. Put a few large snails inside and sew it up with fishing thread. Babies crawl out and get eaten. Oh, now that's an interesting idea. And the pea puffers won't. Yeah, I guess if it's thick enough mesh, the pea puffers couldn't reach through to grab the um, the adults and nip at them. So I think what you're talking about is not like nylon, like something like a fishnet mesh. I think what you're talking about is probably like needlepoint canvas, that kind of thicker plastic mesh. Yeah, I could see that working. I've never tried it, but that's a nifty idea. All right, chat jumped on me, so I'm looking here. Wow, it really jumped. I'm, I'm going, I'm going. Hmm, I didn't have time to make my chai tea tonight. So I'm, I'm, I'm with water, that's okay, but missing my tea tonight. W. Marion, Fishboy did an unboxing video of his rare rice fish that he ordered from you today. They looked amazing. Looks like he bought all of them. So W. Marion, um, he bought almost all of them. I held back a population of the Matanensis, and I will be listing them um, for sale. Um, I've been meaning to do that for the last couple days, but I, I think I can do that tonight. If not, it'll be... It'll be early next week. I've got to go to the import, to the airport and get the import and get them all settled and stuff. But I do still, if anyone liked the Orisius Matanensis that they saw in Fishboy's video, I do have another population of them um, and I'll, or another group of them and I'll be releasing them. Basically, I held them back because I wanted to make sure that the ones I sent Fishboy did well for him um, so that if they didn't, I had something to replace them with because when he got them, the Matanensis, it, I haven't seen the video yet that he released, but there, there were a couple concerns um, that the stress of shipping might have uh, allowed some, some stuff to take hold, right? And so I was worried that they wouldn't do well for him, but they recovered very quickly and they're doing fine. Um, and so I've been meaning to release that extra group that I held back just in case there was a problem. And um, I just haven't got around to it. I'm sorry. But they're pretty darn cool. 
T-Shot, I recently watched a documentary called Wild Caught that Corey recommended on his Thanksgiving stream. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching. Very informative or very informational. Yes, it's definitely on my to-watch list. Um, I finished Corey's Thanksgiving stream today while I was shipping and getting everything packed up and ready to ship. And um, I've been looking forward to that documentary actually for, I think, a couple years now. I've been waiting for it to be finished and come out. So I definitely want to see it. It's hard to find 90 minutes for me to sit down and watch anything these days. But the moment I do have 90 minutes, you know what? Maybe I can do that while I'm at the airport waiting for the... Uh, for the import to get processed. I might be able to watch it during that trip. But yeah, I know it's on Venmo and I haven't seen it yet, but I've been looking forward to it for a long time and I would encourage anyone to see it because it can't hurt. It's footage of fish in their natural habitat. It's footage of um, how they get from there and into the industry and stuff. So I haven't seen it, but I don't see how it could be, how, <laughs> how any real fish nerd could be anything but better informed after watching it. Even just pictures of the habitat alone are going to be useful. Peeps lost sheep. I was lucky enough to accidentally get a female scarlet baddest. Woohoo! And they've been breeding. Now I have to look at how to raise them up. Any tips, thoughts, or experience? I've never done it. Um, I've never raised them. So I would recommend you to Scarlet Aquatics. I believe they're still quite active on Facebook, Scarlet Aquatics. Um, I think that's where you can find them. They do have a YouTube channel and their YouTube channel does have videos of their Scarlet Battis spawning. So I would connect with Scarlet Aquatics and, and, you know, pick their brain a little bit about how they did it. Um, the only thing I know for sure, again, I haven't, I don't have direct experience with them raising them up, but what I do know for sure is the fry are teeny, teeny, tiny. And that is a species that is very cued in on movement. It's a micro predator. So I don't think they're going to eat on like, you know, fry uh, dust or Hikari first bites or golden pearls or anything like that. I think you're going to have to have really small live foods. And they're definitely too small to take brine shrimp and vinegar eels and things. So I think Infusoria is the way to go to culture Infusoria. Check out Mark's Aquatics. Um, YouTube channel. He has, he, he goes through all that and shows how to do it um, as a hobbyist. If, you know, science, a lot of times you'll watch these infusoria and rotifer culture uh, videos or read up about it. And it's like industrial production. <laughs> and it's kind of like, Ooh, I don't know if that'll work for me, but Mark's aquatics shows you how to easily do it for like the hobbyist needs. Right. Um, also, Mike Helwig's book on live foods is, is excellent, a good reference, and has a whole section on raising little fry foods. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if it's a separate section, but lots of foods in that book that'll feed fry that you can read about. 2J, hi, took your advice for, oh, now I'm nervous, a new to community advice spent two months taking care of a tank with no fish but snails and mending to the water any suggestions on what to fill the 50 gallon okay cool so you spent a couple months with a bioactive tank and now you're ready to put fish in it um oh man as uh, 2j there are so many options for a 50 gallon aquarium almost 
everything at dancefish.com could live its entire life very happily in a 50, 55 gallon aquarium. Uh, you literally have tens of thousands of options. So what would be really helpful is if you had a list of these are the top five fish I like, or these are the top 10 fish I like um, that you want. If you put that in the chat, um, me and other folks in the chat can give you feedback on that list. Be like, hey, these three would go great together, or um, all these would go together except for this one, or you know things like that. So we kind of need a starting point of a list of what you're hoping to get that we can help fine tune for you. Otherwise, it's just like the entire world of little peaceful community fish, pretty much, <laughs> and some others too. Rocco in Texas. Mm. Got to dig dance fish. Well, thank you. Dig away, my friend. Keep digging. Mainly bettas. Oh, already got that one. Thanks again for the super chat, mainly bettas. I very much appreciate it. Wait, what's that? Foxy's Fishes says, you all making Miss Candy yell now. Uh-oh, what did people do? Back out, click like, come back. You won't lose your entry into the content. <laughs> all the likes are appreciated. Pugamus. Good to see you, Pugamus. <laughs> Every time I see that name, I just think of a little pug dressed up as a Spartan warrior. We are Sparta. Peeps lost sheep. Okay, someone says, if you want Dan's Fish to answer, put at Dan's Fish in your post. Yep, that's right. Um, Sreshtha, if you want me to see it, that's the way to get my attention. New Mexico Aquatics, how many Fundalos Panchax Gardneri would you keep in a 10-gallon or a 20-high in terms of territorial behaviors and colony breeding? So in, if you're trying to breed, which I think you are, I would start with probably one male and if you can three four females something like that um that'll give plenty of space in there for a lot of fry to to grow up in there and and you'll have space for them to to breed and raise and stuff um so i'm going to go with that in in both those tanks one male and several females That'll give you the most space in there to get a nice colony bred up and raised up. Now, if you're if you're just wanting to have it full of pretty fish from the get-go, and you just want enough fry to survive to maybe every now and then one makes it to adulthood and, and the, the colony kind of stabilizes, then in a 10-gallon, I would probably go with like six males, six females. And in a 20 gallon, um, you know, 10 to 12 males and females. So a dozen to two dozen, depending on which tank. Now, please keep in mind what I'm picturing in my head for these are well planted tanks, maybe some rock work or driftwood or something. Um, I'm not talking about just a, a bear tank with a mop in one corner. Like I'm, I'm picturing an ecosystem with plenty of hiding places and cover and territories and stuff like that. In my experience, they do great in groups provided those basic needs of kind of the ecosystem being set up are met. Ooh, chat just jumped. Got the jumpity jumps. Okay, where are we at? We're at 7.56. Got half an hour longer, so we are getting there. 
Green Grove Aquatics, I thought you were pulling water from a river. How big is this creek? Oh, yeah. Uh, creek, river, it's I, it's interchangeable in my mind. Um, I don't know how big it is. It's not massive, but it's not tiny. It runs year-round. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the volume is of it or anything like that. Um, the official name of it is Little Goose Creek. Um, so where I grew up in California, there was a river that's smaller than Little Goose Creek um, called, what was it? The Columbus, is it Columbus? Consumnes, called the Consumnes River. And so to me, even a fairly small body of flowing water is a river because I grew up next to a river that was pretty small. <laughs> Erie La Cardas, the new... Please, plans look amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I am super excited to have like a, a flow through system. I think it's gonna be so good for the fish. Like, I thought of doing a recirculating system because it's cheaper, right? Um, but then I thought about it and I'm like, no, I can't do that because if there is a disease. Even if you have some filtration, that constant circulation can allow that disease or some sterilization. That constant recirculation can allow that disease to get to pretty big buildup in a system. And so I ultimately was like, nope, my goal is high quality fish. I think this will be better for the fish. It's going to be quite a bit more expensive to set up and to run. Um, but... I think it's going to have an amazing result. Now, I've never done it this way before, and I don't know anyone who has. Um, I think we were kind of pioneering this kind of system, as far as I know, for tropical fish. I don't know anyone else that does it like this. Um, but um, so it could be that I set it all up and it's like, oh, this is horrible. This doesn't work at all. But my thought is constant fresh water for the fish. They're the, the, their tank water being changed over completely once every hour or so is probably going to result in some pretty happy fish in a low instance of illness, is my hope. The uh, Chorus, thank you. The filter is interesting. How large is the creek you're pulling water from? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure how to, to... Big enough that I go trout fishing in it. Is that, <laughs> I don't know how to gauge how big it is. It's maybe, I don't know, 20 to 30 feet across, depending on where you're looking at it. Um, I don't know what the flow rate is, like the hectares per minute or however they measure that. Um, Danny Weshi, I'm working on my first brackish tank for a figure eight puffer. Any good ideas for a cleanup crew? Oh, honestly, I think with the figure eight puffer, you're not going to be able to keep anything in there. I think you'll have the puffer. Um, anything else, I think will get killed and demolished by your puffer. So I can't think of anything that could live with a, a, a figure eight puffer that would work as a cleanup crew. Um, I'm coming up blank. Honestly, I don't, I don't know, Danny. They're pretty aggressive little guys in my experience. Now, someone else here, if you have a figure eight puffer and it's 
doing fine with some kind of cleanup crew, please let us know. But um, I can't think of one. Mainly Betis says Wildcat was awesome. I bought it yesterday. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> now I'm looking forward to it even more. Sports and Horns, you're getting deleted, my friend. Don't bug the mods, people. If you guys are bugging the mobs in the chat, the mods in the chat, they'll just delete you. And then if you keep doing it, they'll just ban you. Like lifetime ban. We don't mess around here. We don't have time for that kind of stuff. So I don't know what you did. Maybe it was totally innocent or just a typo or something. I don't know. But anyone that's purposely messing with the mods, mods, just delete them. Ban them for life. I don't care. We don't have room for that here. We have a, let's see here. We have to keep this kid friendly. We have a jerk free zone here. Orange cones, exactly the plastic mesh. Feed them with a few sinking pellets. So this is the little in-tank snail habitat. That will get mushy and fall through to the adult snails. Swish the cage when doing water changes. Yeah, cool. So that plastic uh, needlepoint canvas is what Orange Cones is making the uh, perpetual snail food trap out of. <laughs> Chevy Fish. Hey, Chevy Fish. I hope you're doing well. In order for Dance Fish to see your question, you need to type at Dance Fish. Yep. See how I noticed Chevy Fishes? So here's what happens. For those that are new to the chat, here's what I'm doing. If you look here, you'll see these that have bright orange at Dance Fish on them. That's what I'm looking for as I'm scrolling through the chat. Because if I don't see that, I'm assuming that all the other chats are just friendly banter amongst yourselves or people in the chat answering questions that the other folks in the chat have, things like that. Um, what happens if I don't do that, if I have to read all the chats, is the show goes like this. This is me reading all the chats, looking for one directed at me that I can respond to. Right? So there's all this dead time while I'm reading, looking for a question that's directed at me. That's why I only look at the uh, orange ones is because I know those are for me. So you don't have to sit there and watch in the live stream or listen in the live stream to all this dead air as I'm searching for stuff directed to me. So yeah, make it highlight for me and I'll, I'll get, that way I'll, I'll be much more likely to see it. Um, Edward Nelson, thanks for the awesome fish. Well, if that's directed at me, you're welcome. If it's directed to someone else, good job, whoever did that. <laughs> Against the flow, I didn't hear Candy yelling. <laughs> Candy says, me neither. <laughs> Steel Angus. Now that is a great username. What is the highway catfish you have for sale size compatibility with common pleco? So that is a, what is that? Tachyosaurus. Um, uh, what is the name? Scientific name on that one. Trilineatus, I think. Tachyosaurus. Tri yeah, here we go. Oh, not tachyo, just tachycerus tri trilineatus. So it's this. This is the highway catfish. They're amazing. Um, what I would suggest you do for some basics, as far as size and compatibility and stuff, is go here. This is Planet Catfish, a great go-to website for all things catfish. So 
Tops out at about three inches. Gives you some information. So check it out there. But in my experience, they're completely peaceful. They're pretty darn active. Um, mine come out in the day, especially for food. Um, as soon as I lift the lid and they think they're getting fed, they come and swarm the tank. In fact, I've got to make a video. Ah, I have, I so don't have time, but I need to make, there's like a bunch of fish, including those that every time I see their cool behavior, I'm like, Oh, I got to show people this. And I just can't find the time right now. Um, but I think they're plenty compatible with a, with a common pleco. Um, top out at around three inches or so. Yeah. They don't get too big. They don't bother anything. They can't just swallow. So they're not going to, you know, go mob other fish or bite other fish unless they can actually eat them. Well, they might, I mean, if it fits halfway in their mouth, they might try, you know, but pretty darn peaceful, really hardy, um, good eaters. They eat anything that sinks to the bottom. And I think that their colors are just amazing. Now, the first batch I got in were really shy. I didn't see them a lot. I don't know what it is about this batch or about the setup in the tank they're in now versus the first batch, but this batch is out a lot. Um, again, all I have to do is lift the lid and they, they come running like immediately. I gotta make a video. But anyway, I think they'd do fine with the common pleco. I mean, I, common plecos get so darn big, but I, I don't think common plecos, even full grown, are going to go on the attack on something like that. That would be the only caveat, is there are some plecos that get pretty big and, and get a taste for fish slime and, and start sucking on other fish. But it's usually big, wide fish, like angelfish or, or something like that. So... That is the only thing I can think of that might go wrong in that kind of setup. S. Shretha, best bottom feeder for gravel, you think. Hard time keeping the quarries for some reason. Please help me, other than snails or shrimp. Okay, so I don't know how big your tank is, but there's a whole group of fish called geophagus geo earth phagus eater so earth eaters is literally the genus name and they go and they go to sand and gravel and scoop it up all day long fine fine sand is better but they'll do it with gravel too and they keep it stirred up so that's one thing i would say um, if you're trying to keep the gravel fresh and turned over and kind of cleared those are not a bad option um Since catfish aren't really working for you, that's where my mind goes. Now, if it's a tiny little tank, most of the geophagus are going to get too big for like a 10-gallon or something. So if it's a 10-gallon tank, what would I put in to keep the bottom stirred up and clear? Honestly, in a 10-gallon tank or a smaller tank, well, 10-gallon might be a little small for this, but a bushy-nosed pleco does a great job. Um... Like, I know the tanks I have bushy-nosed plecos in and the ones I don't. The ones I do are clear of algae and the bottom is clear. The ones I don't 
get algae on them and the bottom gets gunky. So bushy nose pleco might be something to consider. A 10 gallon could get a little cramped for them. They do create a lot of waste and stuff, but if you kept on, on your water changes enough, they might be okay in that size tank, but they'd be better in something maybe 20 gallons and up. Danny Wetchy, I am working on my first brackish tank. Okay, I already got that one, Danny. Okay, Green Grove Aquatics, what is your backup plan for water? So my backup plan for water, I've got, I've got a couple different ones. Um, I have a large city water line plumbed in. So um, if the water in the creek somehow got contaminated or there was a big silt event or a chemical spill up river or something, then I would just turn to city water. Um, to kind of limp through until that was fixed. The other thing is I can turn the system off and I, if I cut feed and turn the system off, then I should be, I mean, it's not ideal, but in a, in an emergency situation, I should be okay for at least a week because the, without food, the fish won't be producing ammonia and that should, that should work out. Okay. But the other thing is just the city water. So we have the Creek water and the city water we can use. Now, I don't plan on using the city water except for like there's a little kitchen area in there where if you're on your lunch break, you can go to the sink and, you know, fill up your coffee mug or whatever. Right. So we need potable water in the facility and in the bathroom and things. Um, that's pretty much the only place I plan on using the city water. But I am getting a two inch line plumbed in. So there'll be a lot of water in the case I needed it in an emergency. W. Marion, sorry if I missed your response. Fishboy did an unboxing. There. Okay, cool. I already got that one. Did I reach the bottom? No. Oh, it jumped. <laughs> Rick. Hey, Rick. I hope you're doing well. Good to see you, my friend. I'm late coming in tonight. Sorry if I already asked, but any more Cory Equus coming up? I wish. I ordered them and the breeder's out. So I tried to get some more, but they did not get sent in the order that's coming this week. Sorry, man. In fact, I ordered four times as many as I usually get. I think I ordered, uh, I ordered a few hundred of them, but uh, they're out. They're out. Scott Backer, good to see you, my friend. Hope everything is doing well out in Energy City. <clears throat> okay, trying to see. Chat jumped on me, so I'm just getting back to where we, where I think we were. I want to make sure I'm not skipping anybody. Okay, yeah, I think we're good. Okay, let me let me go down here. I'll get right back to it. It's eight eleven. Still got still got nineteen minutes of fun. Okay, Deb Hall D just saying hi. Well, howdy right back at you. I hope you're having a great evening. Orange cones. You'll never catch up with chat jumping on you. Oh yeah, I know. Priscilla saying hi, 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 hi. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to miss. Look how much orange is here. Boom. That's how you know Priscilla's in the house. <laughs> hey, Priscilla. Good to see you. Hope all is well in Denver. I saw all the new Dennerlay tanks you got in. Shrimp madness over at Priscilla's house. Um, wish I could see it. I actually have to drive to Denver uh, to go pick up an import, but it's going to be like straight to the airport and straight home. I'm not going to have time to. It's unexpected. So I didn't have time to plan it and and. Oh, 
yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. <laughs> Basically, I thought I'd have all day tomorrow to finish doing musical fish and, and finish moving to make space for the incoming import. Um, and then I found out today that the order is not going to work, that there's a problem with the flight and I have to go pick it up. And so it's going to be a late night tonight. Like, whew. yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting getting all this done on time. Oh, well, it's worth it. Fishmongering is amazing. I highly recommend it. Especially if you like last minute trips to the airport <laughs> when the airport's not even in your state. <laughs> Deb Hall D, did I miss the update on the Runt Shodeni puffer? I just got here. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely out of the puffers now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did try to get more, but <sighs> the breeder was out, so they got shorted. Mac PNW, hi everyone. I can't make the streams live anymore usually, but happy holidays. Catch you on the replay. All right, have a good one and welcome and goodbye. <laughs> Michael Meliere, is there an ideal order to add fish to an aquarium? Ideal order in which to add fish to an aquarium, I think is what you're saying. I'll be adding angels, quarries, apistos, snails, and shrimp. I'll likely have about two to three weeks between each kind for money reasons. Okay, yes, absolutely. So if I was doing that, I would do the snails first. And if you're doing two to three weeks between each, okay. I'm imagining this tank is, is set up and mature. Snails don't do great in a brand new tank because they need stuff to eat. And in a well-matured tank, there's stuff all over. There's algae, there's biofilm, there's all kinds of stuff for them to eat. But so I'm, I'm going to imagine that the tank is set up and mature and has biofilm and algae and all that. If that's the case, I would start with snails, let them go for a while. Then I would add the quarries. Then I would add the shrimp. Then I would add the epistos. And finally, the angels. Here's why. The snails will get in there and start, you know, settling in and eating algae and cleaning everything up and getting a nice layer of snail poop going. I mean, not so much that it looks like new fallen snow or anything, but they'll get stuff going, right? Then, and snails are generally inexpensive and fairly easy to replace. So if there is a big problem, you'll learn that from the snails instead of everything else. Then the quarries, um, same thing. They'll get in there, so they'll start establishing the environment more, um, and they're not going to bother the snails at all. Then the shrimp, because... By that time, there'll be enough snail poop in there and enough quarry poop in there and enough bioactive stuff going on that hopefully the shrimp will have something to eat on a lot. And neither the snails nor the quarries are going to bother the shrimp, unless maybe they're assassin snails, but I don't imagine that's the case. Then I do the epistos um, because they're, they're smaller and they're skittish for the first little while after they they get in a tank and I give them time to settle in before you got the angels because angels are going to dominate that tank and probably run that tank. Um, although the epistos when they're in spawning mode will run the tank. But apart from that, I think the angels will. So that's my thoughts on that. That's how I would go about that, Michael. Now, I'm not saying that's the only way to do it, but 
me split second trying to figure that out. That's what I came up with. <laughs> Shane Faruta, can you recommend a source for fenbendazole? Oh, flubendazole. I can't seem to find any. The uh, place I got it was um, it was a koi supply company. It, I just got on eBay and searched flubendazole. I found a koi supply company in the United Kingdom, and it, I got it shipped from England. That's how I got it. It is available in the United States, but the thing I liked about the place in England is it wasn't a dry powder. Those dry powders can be difficult to uh, dissolve into water. They're pretty hydrophobic. They don't mix easily with water. It was already in a solution, so it made it really easy to, to measure it out. It was ready to go. So you can probably find the dry powder. If you do, you can use alcohol to dissolve it and make it more soluble more quickly in water. But I just wanted it easy, so I bought on eBay, and that's where I found it. It might have been Amazon. I'm pretty sure it was eBay. Um, and I forget the... I forget, they didn't call it flubendazole, they called it something else. But I think if you search flubendazole koi or something like that, you'll probably find it if they have it available with all the COVID stuff going on. But flubendazole's, in my experience, been pretty darn good for fish medication. I, I recommend it over fenbendazole. I think it's more soluble. From what I understand, and I haven't done this research for a while, but... I did some pretty thorough research when I first was learning about these, the benzenes or bendazole, I think they're called benzenes. And if I remember right, fenbendazole is not very readily saturated through the fish's skin and gills. So it's more like an external treatment. Whereas fenbendazole, if I remember right, does get absorbed internally into the fish is the distinction that I remember, although it's been a little while, so double check me on that. Jacobim, killifish and or Razabor tank main options. There's a lot of them. Um, I would say the main thing with killifish is they aren't, some are quick to the food, like Fundalopanchax gardneri, pretty quick to the food, but they, they have trouble competing with really fast fish. So I would say something that is not super fast to the food, not super food aggressive, and um, isn't just an aggressive fish. So I think killifish do great with like wild type bettas, for example. Um, right now I have um, Aphiosemian australi with betta rubra, um, I have Fundalopanchax filamentosus in with beta falcs, and I have um, Aphiosemian or Chrome Aphiosemian poliaki in with beta pugnacs. They're not full grown pugnacs though, so they can't like eat them. They're smaller pugnacs. And that's one of my favorite combos is killifish with wild type bettas, just because they both kind of feed at the same rate. They aren't going to beat up on each other for no reason. Um, and so I find that combination works really well. Corridors and things like that, of course, are a no-brainer. Um, well, that's kind of what pops in my head. The general guiding principle, not aggressive fish and not super fast eaters is what will work best with killifish. And nothing that just 
zooms around the tank too fast and stresses them out. Like, you know, a school of zebra danios, I'd probably avoid that. Um, as far as rasboras, there's so many different kinds of rasboras. Um, some rasboras are super fast swimmers, super fast to the food, uh, almost act like danios and zoom around. Others are pretty sedate and kind of just hang out. So kind of depends on which one you're talking about there. S. Shretha, best bottom feeder for gravel. Okay, I think I got that one. Steel Angus. <laughs> Still love that name. Like, what's with this steak? It's like it's made of steel or something. I have 16-inch Pleco need fried for him. Well, if he's 16 inches, he is about eating size. I think you say need a friend for him. Um, look, 16-inch Pleco's... If you have a massive tank and you can keep that thing long-term happy, they can go with most any peaceful community fish of a good size. So you have lots of options there. I think with a 16-inch Pleco, speaking of rasboras, I think a large group of like clown or what is it? Calichroma, I think is the species name. Uh, rasboras. Rasboras would be good. Those guys get I don't know, three, four inches, maybe, maybe five inches. I can't remember for sure, but they're a good sized fish. Um, rainbow fish would be amazing. Um, but I'm imagining this plecos in a, a large tank, not just in like, you know, a, a 40 gallon or 55 gallon or something. If that's the case, then I think a 16 inch pleco in a 55 gallon, unless you're doing a ton of maintenance on that tank all the time might be maxing it out. I mean, they are poop machines. W. Marion, what about a tank or five getting shown during the live stream? Yeah, so the problem is, well, I should finish the comment before I answer the question because I haven't read it all. That's like, that's what happens. That's why I messed up with the, with the Kayla's Aquatics giveaway thing is I was like, oh, cool. And I, I didn't read through it. Should have read through it. Okay. Okay. So what about doing a tanker five getting shown during the live stream to highlight various fish and their behavior, a partial room tour each time. Not sure what other viewers might think of that. So I would like to do that, but I'm tied to my PC. So my setup here for the live stream runs through OBS. Um, so it's not just like, it's not just, like I'm on my phone just going around showing stuff. Uh, that doesn't work so well when I try that. The, the frames get dropped. It gets really laggy. The quality is pretty poor. And I can't do anything like, like, uh, like switch screens or do anything at all. I can't get online with you guys and stuff like that. So my live streams, I'm tied to my desktop PC. So I can't really take the camera around and show you stuff. And that's the only reason that I don't do that. I mean, in the past, what I would do is I would make a lot of videos and I would go around in, independent of the live stream and do special videos on here's this fish or here's how you do this or here's how you build a fish tank rack or something like that. Um, and what's happened is just so we're building this massive warehouse, right? And it's just taking so much time and attention that I'm finding it very difficult to take time to make any videos or even just take pictures and post them on the website. And so, um, so I, I would love to do that. I can't do it in a live stream format and I just haven't found the time lately to do it in, in a, a normal video format. Mile high Pleco, keep them fed and they won't have a giant with angels and he leaves them alone. Good to see you, Mikey Trevor. 
or Trevor Mikey. Um, we'll go with Mikey Trevor. <laughs> I'm heading down to Denver, by the way. I it's, it's a quick trip straight to the airport and straight back, so I can't really stop off and say hi and stuff, but it made me think of you. Hope you're doing well. So Mile High Plecos is saying, yes, that a, a giant, a big old common pleco can do fine with other fish as long as they're well fed. Cool. He knows his plecos, so I would I would say that's the best. That's more knowledgeable than what I said. Rick Stidham, I'm coming. Oh, wait. Already got that one. Skipper's Aquarium's throwing down $5 lurking, but I'm still here. I'm still here. Hey, I hope you're doing well, Thomas. Good to see you. And KP throwing down $2 and a thumbs up. Well, hey, thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but it really helps. So thanks, guys. Deb Hall D, do you have an update on... Okay, I already did that one. Oh, we just jumped again. Five minutes. Okay. We have 253 people here. We're going to do the giveaway right now before any freeloaders pop on at the very end. This is for some pea puffers, and the winner is Riley Booth. Riley Booth, you've got one minute to reply. Let us know you're here. You have won some pea puffers. I'll send you up to six. Depends on your setup. Pea puffers need their own aquarium, in my opinion. They're just cute little hate machines. They just nip at everything. So um, I wouldn't recommend them for a community aquarium. If you do put them in a community aquarium, I would definitely, community, why can't I say that? Community aquarium, I would definitely have a plan B in case things don't work out where you could put them somewhere else. But um, they'll do fine. You can get one and it'll be a great little, little wet pet. Or you could get a group of like six or so and I think they'll do fine. I wouldn't get two... I wouldn't get three, at least not in the same tank, because um, then their all their aggression will be keyed onto each other. You're here. All right, Riley Booth, you have won. Um, send me an email, dan at dansfish.com. Let me know how many you would like, anywhere from one to six. And um, if you haven't already, Riley, do your research. Um, learn a little bit about them and their special needs. They're not a fish for everybody. And if you still think, yeah, I could totally take care of that, or I've been looking for those for a year, I finally got some, you know, whatever it is. If you decide to get them, send me the email. Um, let me know how many you want. If you decide they're not for you, just send me an email and let me know, uh, and we'll go from there. But anyway, I'm congratulations on winning. All right, looks like, okay, chat jumped, so I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm trying, I'm trying, people, I'm trying. All right, man, it jumped a lot. Okay. Here we go. Okay, for a 40-gallon tiger barbs tank and 60-gallon live bear tank, looking for bottom feeder, I meant, sorry for half info. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, I, bushy nose, I think, are great. And I think if you're not having good luck with quarries, I think bushy nose do a pretty good job of keeping the bottom of the tank clear as well, in my experience. So that's what I would, that's what I'd go with. Um, geophagus are something to look at as well. With geophagus, probably not in the 40 gallon with tiger barbs, maybe. I'm not sure, I've never tried that. 
tiger barbs can be nasty sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's a place to start. Dustin Thacker, do you ever, um, so yeah, I do get spotted Congo puffers in. Uh, I tried to bring them in again this week, but um, they were shorted. So the breeder is just out for a little while. Against the flow, love the pogo afro. Yep, this is this is it right here. <laughs> Tasty fish sauce. Trying to downsize thirteen aquariums to four or five due to health issues. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I, I hope you recover or that it goes as good as it can do. Whatever's going on. Any advice would be helpful and considered. Thanks. Like, are you wondering how to rehome? Uh, the fish in the aquariums that you can't keep, I guess, I guess my thought if I had to downsize would be in general, larger tanks are easier to maintain. So I maybe pick the bigger ones that you have. Um, if maintenance is an issue, if health issues are making it difficult, then I would definitely go with some plants um, in, in my experience, the easiest thing to do is just some floating water sprite. You don't have to root it in. It, if, as long as it has enough light, I just use like a, you know, just a cheap LED shop light. It generally grows pretty well and helps suck out any excess nitrates or in things like that. So it helps keep the water chemically clean. It's easy to maintain because you don't have to dig around in the tank. If you get too much, you just pull some of it off the top and throw it in the trash. So it's a pretty easy plant to maintain. Um, so that would help. I mean, I think sponge filters are pretty easy. I can't think of a easier filter to clean and maintain and stuff than a sponge filter. Um, I'm not sure exactly what part of that you're asking about, but that's my general thoughts about what I would do. I'd be like, okay, hey, how do I make this super easy to maintain? And I think water sprite and larger tanks, maybe larger tanks with less fish population than normal, just so that there isn't as much to maintain is probably how I would approach that. <laughs> Kids aquatics, monger fish, they said. You'll have fun, they said. <laughs> yes, Bob. All right, we're out of time. It's 8.31, so unfortunately... Um, We's got to go. Let me make sure that I did not. I did. I missed a few super chats. Let me grab them real quick. Xanadu do. <laughs> Are you singing songs on roller skates? Xanadu do. Thanks for the content. You're welcome. Fantastic freaks. Hey, fantastic freaks. I'm actually aware of your channel. I, I, I think it's the same fantastic freaks. Yeah. Good to see you. New here, getting a big tank that I am transferring a black knife fish and rainbows into. Would it be safe to add a Congo spotted puffer to or no? The thing I don't know about there is the knife fish. Um, they're so sedentary that I don't know if a Congo spotted puffer would decide to take a nip or not. Rainbow fish, I think they would be just fine with. Now, you'd need to make sure that the puffers are getting food. The rainbows will be so fast to the food, they could get out-competed. But, um, yeah, my, my one question mark is the black ghost knife, and I don't know. I've never tried that combination, so I can't speak to that bit of it. 
The Little Aquarius with $2.99. Thanks, everybody, for the super chats. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does keep my wife, Brenda, super happy. Can you stream off your phone like LRB? Cheers. I, I could, but then I'd have all the drop frames and lag issues and stuff that LRB has. So I don't really want to do that. And I want the functionality that OBS offers me. So I give up the ability to tour around live um, just to have a little higher production quality stream. All right. To my mods, thanks for being here. Bob, so sorry again that I misunderstood your message about the giveaway. I, I didn't mean to add stress to your life, my friend. I'm sorry. Um, I appreciate you guys being here every week. Just keep in the chat, moving. And again, if anyone's giving you trouble, just ban them. Uh, we don't got room for that here. I mean, it's up to you. Handle it like you want. But if you want to ban them, if you feel like that's what the proper step is, I trust you guys completely. Thanks for all you do. Um, everyone that gave a super chat, thanks for the money. I appreciate it. Everyone that left a question or a comment, sorry if I missed you. And thanks for helping uh, give us something to react to and make the stream lively. Everyone that's lurking, hail to the Lurker Nation. Everyone watching on the replay, I hope you can make it live someday. But until then, I hope you're doing well. Till next week, hope you all have a good one and I'll see you then.